ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اللهم صل على محمد وعلى ال محمد كما صليت على ابراهيم وعلى ال ابراهيم وبارك على محمد وعلى ال محمد كما باركت على ابراهيم وعلى ال ابراهيم في العالمين انك حميد مجيد يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون اللهم صل وسلم وبارك على سيدنا محمد وعلى اله اما بعد فان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار we begin by praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we praise Him and we ask His help and we seek His forgiveness. And we seek refuge in Allah from the evil inside us and from the evil consequences of our bad actions. Whoever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guides, no one can misguide. And whoever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala leaves to go astray, no one can guide. I testify that there is no God to be worshipped but Allah and Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is our master, the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Brothers and sisters, may khutbah today inshallah about understanding life. And while I was looking at the khutbah suggestion box, I was, I was going through the, what you suggested and then I was reading a book by Imam Al-Ghazali rahimahullah called Ayyuhal Walad, Oh My Dear Son. And then I looked at the paper and it says, Understanding Life. And what I was reading was actually about life and understanding this life. And then I decided to have the Jumu'ah topic about understanding life. Imam al-Ghazali, he said in this book, if you understand this tradition, then there is no need for much knowledge. He said that to his students. If you understand this tradition, then there is no need for much knowledge. The most amazing thing about the story that we're going to relate is that it's coming from the Qur'an. That everything in the story comes from the Qur'an. The Qur'an that a lot of Muslims have neglected. The Qur'an that we have not examined yet. The Qur'an that we don't read. Our manual, the manual of a Muslim, the manual of a human being. When you go by a car or a TV or a motorcycle or whatever, or a cell phone, they give you a manual that teaches you how to work it out if there is a problem or something, how you turn it on, how you turn it off. And the Qur'an is our manual as a Muslim. That should be your manual. The Qur'an nowadays, we just have this romantic attachment to the Qur'an. Most of us say it's a great book, but we don't read it. 
Again, brothers and sisters, Imam al-Ghazali said, if you understand this tradition, there is no need for much knowledge. The tradition is by two people, a teacher and a student. The student is Hatim al-Asam. And Hatim al-Asam was one of the devoted worshippers of Allah, a great, a great scholar, and he was from Khurasan, which nowadays is Afghanistan. And his teacher was Shaqiq al-Balakhi. He was also from Khurasan. He was his student and his friend. So the teacher asked the student, Ya Hatim, how long have you been with me as a friend and a student? He said, 33 years. He said, 33 years. And then he said to him, what have you gained in the course of these years? He said, eight things. I've gained eight benefits from the knowledge and uh, they are sufficient for me. And I pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they will be my salvation and safety when I meet Him. He said only eight things. إِنَّا لِلَّهِ وَإِنَّا إِلَيْهِ رَاجِعُونَ 33 years and you only learned eight things. He said yes. But I understood life through these eight things. Nowadays you go get a, a degree from Harvard or Yale or a Pittsburgh or anywhere. And once you graduate, once you graduate from a school, they give you a paper that it says you have a, a bachelor's degree or a master's degree or whatever. But these papers they don't teach you how to live in your how to live your life. They don't they don't teach you how to live your life. It's the messenger of Allah and his companions. It is what's in the Quran and the seerah of the of the devoted worshippers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that will teach us about life and how to live and how to understand our life. He said, Ya Hatim, tell me what is the first one? He said, the first one that I observed the creation. And I found that everyone loves something and continues to do so. But when he dies, everything that he loves leave him. Everything that he was in love with leaves him. Doesn't go into the grave with him. Therefore, I made the most beloved thing to me to be my actions. My actions, so that I will have good actions, will enter with me into, into the grave. Again, he said, I observed the creation and I found that everyone loves something and continues to do so. Although when they die, they don't go with them into the grave. Therefore, I made the thing that I love the most to be my good actions. Everyone loves something and continues to do so. When he dies, when he dies, because we all gonna die. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Quran to the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, إِنَّكَ مَيِّتٌ وَإِنَّهُمْ مَيِّتُونَ you are going to die, and so everybody else, everybody else is going to die. 
We the human race are under the, the, the deception and perception that we belong here. That this is our, our residence, our homes. We don't understand or we don't want to know or we don't want to understand that this is just a stage of our life. That Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Kun fi dunya ka'annaka gharibun aw abiru sabeel. Be in this life as a traveler. A traveler or a stranger. And a traveler, he doesn't take too much things with him. A stranger, if somebody nowadays, or today was, was just like driving to Ohio or DC or something, and it was the time for the Jum'ah, and he decided to stop in Pittsburgh, just go and pray the Jum'ah and fulfill the duty. He will come here and he will read, he will leave right after the salah. That's a stranger. So what he did is the meaning of life. It's a stage. And the Messenger of Allah وسلم, said that in the hadith. He said the example of life is, is like someone who was traveling in the desert. And then he saw a tree. And then he decided I'm gonna just go and sit underneath this tree for a little bit. And I will continue my travel. This tree is dunya. We are like in a train, and a train goes from a station to another until it, until it comes to its final destination. It is as if you want to go overseas. Say that you want to travel to Egypt, you go and get your tickets. So you get a ticket from here to DC or New York, and then from there to Europe, and then from Europe to Cairo. And that's life. You stay in a womb as long as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wills, or most likely nine months, and then you will come out. That's a ticket. You stay in this life as long as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wills, maybe 60, 70, 80, 90 years, and you die, that's another ticket. You go into the grave and you stay there until Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wills, and then when you come out, that's a ticket. And your final destination is either in paradise or hellfire. That's the final destination. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that when a son of Adam dies, two things go back and one thing stays with him. The two things that will leave you are your wealth and your family. And the only thing that stays with you is your action. Your actions. I was told this story by a shaykh. He told me there was a king who was married four wives. The fourth, she was the most beautiful and he loved her so much. He was so attached to her. The third one was also beautiful, but he always thought that she would leave him one day. She would leave him. The second wife, she was uh, the wife that she used to... to, to uh, you know, remove his distress. And she used to help him through his hard times. And the first one, he neglected her. She became older and he neglected her and he was not fulfilling her rights. When he was dying, he said to the fourth one, the one who loved the most, I'm dying. Will you be able to come and stay with me in a grave? She said, of course not. And she walked away. He said to me, and that's the body. That's the body. That's your desires. It doesn't really matter what you do. 
It doesn't really matter how much you fill your desires. You will never be pleased. And when you die, that's the first thing that leaves you, your body. He went to the third and he said to her, I'm going to die, would you come and spend or stay with me in the grave? She says to him, of course not. Life is beautiful. And I'm going to remarry. I'm going to find somebody else to marry. And then he said, then that's wealth. Wealth. Because the wealth, you leave it for somebody else. It doesn't go with you into the grave. Your bank accounts, your credit cards, your Gucci or Armani garments or clothes don't go with you into the grave. Your cars, your big houses, none of these things will go into the grave with you. So that's for your family. And then he went to the second who used to, to help him all the time. And he said to her, would you like, if I die, would you be able to come with me in the grave? She said to him, I would have loved to. But the only thing that I can do is that I will take you to the grave. And then he said to me, that's the family, it's family and friends. Family and friends. And it doesn't really matter how much they love you. If you beg them to stay only one night with you in the grave, one night, a few hours, they will say no. And the first one, she came running to him. She came running to him without even him calling her. And then she said, I heard the responses of the three wives, but I'll be with you in the grave. I will agree to enter the grave with you, but I'm weak and I cannot help you. And then he said, and that's the ruh, the self, the soul, and the heart. He said, I wish I become you. I wish I go back, I would have taken care of you. I would have taken a good care of you, but it's too late. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when he saw, when he heard the Sayyidah Umm Habiba, one of his wives, she was making dua, saying, Oh Allah, give me the pleasure of this dunya by giving long life to my husband, the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, a long life to my father Abu Sufyan, and a long life also to my uh, brother Muawiyah. And he said sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you have made dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for fixed terms and counted days and ordained provisions that have been already divided. It would have been better if you asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect you from the punishment of the grave. It would have been better to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive your sins. This is a response of someone who understood that life is just a stage. Life, we're not going to live here for eternity. And look at the Sahaba. Look at them. Look at Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu anhu. He used to say, I wish I was a tree. I wish I was just a tree to be caught and destroyed. I wish I was a tree to be caught and destroyed. I wish that my mother never gave a birth to me. Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab, they said that he used to pass out sometimes when he hears some ayat from the Qur'an out of fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sayyidina Uthman ibn Affan, he would stand before the graves and he would cry. 
And they told him, they used to tell him, Ya Amir al Mu'mineen, you participated in battles. You saw death with the Messenger of Allah and you cry for this. And he used to say, Wallahi, this is the first abode of the hereafter. If it's good, everything else is good. And if it's bad, everything that comes after is bad. Sayyidina Ali ibn Abi Talib, they said that he used to pray at night. And he used to cry and he used to say, Ya dunya ghurri ghayri. Who didn't seduce somebody else but me? Al-Aswad ibn Yazid, and he was also one of the Tabi'een who died at the year of 57 Hijriyan. And this man, they said that he used to fast a lot and he used to pray at night a lot until he became very pale. And his daughter used to tell him, Ya Abati, what is wrong with you? Why do I see people go to sleep and you don't sleep? And he used to say to her, I'm afraid that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will punish me for the time that I wasted in my sleep. Those are the people who understood the reality of this dunya. Imam al-Ghazali rahimahullah gave one of the most beautiful examples about life. He said life is like the, someone who's running away or who's been chased by a lion. And then he found this pit or well water well, and then he threw himself into the well, and he was hanging into a rope. And in the bottom of the well, there was, there was a big snake with a huge mouth waiting for him to, to come down. But he was holding into, into a rope. And then he said there were two mice, one black and one white, and they were nibbling into the rope. And then he turned around while he was holding into the rope. Snake is waiting for him. The lion is waiting for him. The two mice are nibbling the rope. He looked and he saw a honeycomb. Immediately when he saw the honey, he forgot about everything and he stick his finger in the honey and taste it. At this moment he forgot about the lion. He forgot about the two mice and he forgot about the snake. Imam al-Ghazali rahimahullah, he said, the lion is death. Death. It's chasing you. So you cannot really escape death. You cannot cheat death. You cannot run away from death. You cannot protect yourself against death. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, أَيْنَمَا تَكُونُوا دُرِكُمُ الْمَوْتِ Wherever you are, death will come to you. وَلَوْ كُنْتُمْ فِي بُرُوجٍ مُشَيَّدًا Even if you are in a, in a very well-guarded fortress, it will come to you. It will come to you. So the line is death. The snake is the grave. The robe is your life. And the two mice are one, the black one denotes the night, and the white one denotes the day. And the honey is the dunya. That when you get cut off, you forget about everything else. So Hatim al-Asam said that I, I observed the creation and I saw that everybody lost something and continues to do so, but when they die, they don't go with them into the grave. Therefore, I, I made my good actions, I, I loved my good actions the most, so that will enter with me into the grave. The love of the good actions, the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the love of everything that will please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that's the only salvation for us. 
That's the only salvation for us. The love of Allah, the love of His Messenger, the Mahabbah. Don't count in your deeds, don't count in your salah and your zakah, but count in the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The love of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. You know this man, the, the majnoon, the called him the crazy, the one who says, Amurru ala diyari diyari layla, fa'uqabbilu dhal jidari wa dhal jidar, wa ma hubbu jidari shagafna qalbi, walakin hubbu man sakana diyar. This man was deeply in love with this woman who moved out, and he used to just like visit her house, and, and he used to go, and he used to kiss the walls and, 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 and the doors. And people were, were start to blame him and he says, I'm not in love with the walls and the doors, but I'm in love with the one who used to live in the doors. And then he, the, he saw a dog, and then he brought this dog into his house, and he treated him very well, brought him water, brought him, treated him very well. And he was blamed by people, they said, what is wrong with you treating the dog like that? He said, لا تلوموا ما كان مني فإن عيني قد رأته يوما في حي ليلة. Don't, don't blame me, because I saw this dog one time in the neighborhood of Layla. So everything that was near Layla, he became attached to it. This love, this type of love, brothers and sisters, is a proof against us. Because if this is a love of a human being to a human being, what about our love to the Creator of the human being? To Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the most beneficial love, is the most uh, praised love, is the most exalted love. The love of the one whom hearts were made to love. The love of the one that exists and were brought to adore. But we have forgotten this. We have forgotten this. So he said, my good deeds, the love of Allah, the love in whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be pleased. That's what I love the most. Is that will, that's that which will stay with me in the grave. He said, the second one, he said, I looked at the ayah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, وَأَمَّا مَنْ خَافَ مَقَامَ رَبِّهِ وَنَهَا النَّفْسَ عَنِ الْهَوَىٰ As for the one who, he, who feared his Lord, it's the one who has been mindful of his Lord, وَنَهَا النَّفْسَ عَنِ الْهَوَىٰ And he forbade himself, he forbade himself from its appetite. He said, therefore I strove against myself. I strove against myself. فَأَمَّا مَنْ خَافَ مَقَامَ رَبِّهِ the one who, is, who fears his Lord, the one who has that sense of muraqabah, sense of uh, watchfulness, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is watching over us. And he said in the Quran, إِنَّ اللَّهَ كَانَ عَلَيْكُمْ رَقِيبًا That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is watching over you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is watching over you. And he said, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, اِتَّقِ اللَّهَ حَيْثُ مَا كُنْتْ Fear your Lord wherever you go. And follow the bad deed with a good deed, it will erase it. And treat people well. And he said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Be mindful of Allah, Allah will be mindful of you. 
Be mindful of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You will see Him all the time. You will see Him all the time in whatever that you do. But people have challenged Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with all this disobedience. People challenging Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with their disobedience. People, the only time when people commit sins is when there is nobody around. When the doors are locked, when the curtains are closed, that's when people start to challenge Allah. That's when people start to disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Inna Allah kana alaykum raqiba. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is watching over you. One of the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa that gives me personally, gives me a lot of problems. It fills my, my heart with fear. Is when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa said, I know a group of my people will come in the last day with mountains of good deeds. Mountains of good deeds. فَيَجْعَلَهَ اللَّهُ هَبَاءً مَنْثُورًا Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make it as nothing, scatter dust. Then the companions they said, Ya Rasulullah, مَنْ هُمْ يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ Who are these people, O Messenger of Allah? He said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, إِخْوَانُكُمْ They're your brothers. وَكَانُوا يَقْطَعُونَ مِنَ اللَّيْلِ مَا تَقْطَعُونَ And they used to pray at night just, just like you. وَلَكِنَّهُمْ قَوْمٌ إِذَا خَلَوْا بِمَحَارِمِ اللَّهِ انْتَهَكُوهَا But they were a group of people when they are alone with the prohibitions of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that violated. And there is nobody around. Wallahi, no, no one of us would dare to go to Walmart or Giant Eagle or Whole Food or anywhere and spit in the ground. Wallahi, no one will dare to do that. No one will dare to go in a corner and urinate in one of these stores. No one. Why? Because there are people around. People are watching you. There are cameras everywhere. There's someone sitting somewhere and he's watching all the, all every movement in the store. And this is the earth of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is a place belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ibrahim ibn Adam, when this man came and he says, I, I commit sins, I cannot stop. One of the things he said to him, If you want to disobey Allah, then go somewhere that does not belong to Allah. Go somewhere that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be able to see you. And the man said, how? And everything belongs to Allah. Earth belongs to Allah. The heaven belongs to Allah. And everything in between belongs to Him. So how dare you? How dare you disobey Him? On His place, how dare you disobey Him while He's watching over you? And then the man, he ran away and he says, Astaghfirullah, Astaghfirullah. Tubtu ilallah. Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Abbas, he said that while you're committing the sin, the, the, if you go and make sure that the doors are closed and the windows are closed, and your heart is not disturbed, because you're afraid of someone will enter the door and look at you, and your heart is not disturbed that Allah is watching over you, that itself, that itself in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is greater than the sin. Is greater than a sin. So when you when you go at night, when you t when there is nobody around, when you go to your dorm or your room, when there is nobody around, 
And when you turn on your computer and you want to, to watch some unlawful things, just remember, remember the one in the right and the one in the left. Remember that those two angels were going to witness against you. And Rasulullah one time he smiled and they said, Ya Rasulullah, why are you smiling? He said, from the stupidity of a servant of Allah who will come before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the last day. And he will see his book. And he will see all these horrible things. And he will say, no, no, no. I didn't do any of these things. I, want, I don't want the angel to testify against me. I want something from me to testify against me. Then Rasulullah said his mouth will be sealed. And then his hand will speak against him. His thigh will testify against him. So remember the one in the right and the one in the left. Remember their function. They write everything down. They don't leave you at all. Rasulullah said they leave you in three uh, places, in three uh, stations. Number one is Al-Ghait, when you go relief in yourself, in the toilet. And the second is during the Janaba, when you have like a halal sexual intercourse. And the third is uh, during the ghusl. That's the only three times that will leave you. So be mindful of Allah. Be mindful of the angels of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Inna Allah kana alaykum raqiba. And then he said, وَنَهَنْ نَفْسَ عَنِ الْهَوَىٰ And he forbade himself, or he strove against himself. And we talked last week, we talked about the self and how you, you struggle against your, your own self. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Quran, إِنَّمَا الْحَيَاةُ الدُّنْيَا لَعِبٌ وَلَهُ That the life of this world is nothing but a play and amusement and beauty and boasting about your children and about your wealth. Our day-to-day -day activities really are centered only around these things. Oh, what kind of clothes do I wear? What kind of uh, car do I drive? How big is my house? How big is my account, my bank account? This is what people talk about all the time. And we allowed all these material things to take control of our hearts. And that's why people sometimes they complain about their hearts. Not the physical heart, but the spiritual heart. They don't feel the Iman anymore. They don't feel the Ibadah anymore. My heart became like a rock. This is what people complain about. وَأَمَّا مَنْ خَافَ مَقَامَ رَبِّهِ وَنَهَا النَّفْسَ عَنِ الْهَوَىٰ A man came to the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he says, Ya Rasulullah, tell me about something in which if I do, Allah will love me and people will love me. He says, إِزْهَدْ فِي الدُّنْيَا يُحِبُّكَ اللَّهِ Detach yourself from this life, Allah will love you. Don't be attached to the, what people have in their, in, their, in their hands. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will love you. So does it mean it is prohibited to desire the provision of this world? No. The answer is no. No. But love of this world is praised or blamed based on the harm or the good that it brings to you. If it leads you to spiritual elevation and the cure of your heart, then it's a praiseworthy. But if it takes you to, to greed and miserliness and to have a diseased heart, so it's, it's a blameworthy. And one of the tabi'een, 
Ibn Maysara, he said, being detached from this life does not mean to forbid what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has permitted for you. Nor should you squander your money, but you have to be aware of three things. Number one, that what Allah has for you is better than what you have. And the second thing he said, that your attitude to the state of misfortune is the same attitude when you are in a state of well-being. And then he said also your attitude, your attitude to those who love you, or those who rightly praise you, is the same attitude to those who rightly criticize you. That's a nasik. That's a devoted worship of Allah, a devoted worshiper of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, not the one who just like go around like a darwish, like quick and saying that he is a devoted worshiper or he is this and that. No. Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu anhu saw a man one time and he was walking so slow and he looked so weak. And he poked him with the, with the, with the cane and he says, are you sick? He said, no, but I'm a nasik. He said, straight up, may Allah destroy you as you're trying to destroy our religion. This is the true Nasik. He's a true devoted worshiper of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, not, not the one who plays uh, video games and, 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 and watch movies all night long. Not the one who will be sitting around the hoka or the shisha table talking about the affairs of the Muslims. Saying, bro, we need to do something about Islam. Oh, bro, we need to do this or that. Try to change the situation of the Muslims all over the world. Well, let me tell you something. It will not change like that. A Muslim in general, he's a motivated person. A motivated person. Not the person who, who plays video games and watch Netflix until he drops that night. At 4 o'clock or 5 o'clock. Some of them would even wait a little bit to come to the masjid and pray fajr or even pray at home. And this is their reality. This is their reality. There are people 30 and 40 years old. They play video games and watch movies wallahi, until morning. While others, the others who are trying to destroy this world, they go early, they go to bed early, because they have a mission in the morning. And their mission is to destroy you. Their mission is to destroy this world. And this is the reality, and I'm not crazy, I've been saying this since even before I came here, and people think that I'm crazy. But there are people out there who have been trying and working so hard to keep you in that state, to keep you asleep. Because they're afraid, they're afraid when you wake up. That's what they're afraid of. They're afraid when you wake up. Yesterday I was watching the news. I wanted to watch something useful before I leave. And then they said, breaking news. And I'm waiting, breaking news, something going on. Something happened in Egypt, something happened in Syria. I want to know. And the breaking news was Justin Bieber got arrested because he was racing in the street. That's the breaking news. Because they want you to be in that state, to sleep. And if you don't believe me, it's up to you. It's up to you. That's the state that the Muslims are in. So we need to wake up. We need to wake up. We need to be a people of mission because the Messenger of Allah was a man of mission. He was a real person. He was a real man. He was a real man. I mean the youth nowadays, everywhere you go, everywhere you go, you know, they tell you about the youth, we need to do something about it. And you need to sell with it what you want. You need video games in the mosque, man. We need gym in the mosque. We need, okay, that's fine. But is this, this is it. Is that all what you need? I mean, Al-Arqam ibn Abi Al-Arqam, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa that's the first 
secret meeting place for the da'wah of Rasulullah. It was only 40 Muslims. 40 Muslims. They used to stay in Al-Arqam ibn Abi Al-Arqam's house. Do you know how old was Al-Arqam? 16 years. 16 years old. And we have 40 years old spending all night long playing video games and chatting on the haram websites. And then you worry about the station of the Muslims. Really? So we need to be, be a people worthy of this religion. You know, one time three people, four people were sitting around the Kaaba. So Mus'ab and Urwa ibn Zubayr and Abdul, and, uh, Abdullah ibn Umar and uh, Abdul Malik ibn Marawan. Four young people, they were sitting around the Kaaba. And then Mus'ab said, desire something, what do you want? They said to him, you start. He said, I desire to marry Sukaina, the daughter of Sayyidina Al-Husayn, the son of Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhum. And I want to be also the leader of Iraq. The time comes and he became the leader of Iraq, the governor in Iraq, and he also married Sukaina. And his brother, Urwa, what do you want? He says, I want to be a muhaddith. I want to transmit the hadith. And he became a muhaddith. And then Abdul Malik ibn Marwan, they said to him, and you desire something, what do you want? He said, I want to be a caliph. And he became a caliph. These were teenagers, do you know that they were teenagers? And then they asked Abdullah ibn Umar ibn Khattab, what do you want? He said, I want Jannah. That's what I desire. And these people were not just desiring brothers and sisters. They worked so hard. They worked so hard for it. Because they understood life. And they understood the reality of this life. Inshallah, there is no time to continue with the six benefits, but inshallah next week we'll continue. It's sorry if I if I took too long. Zakumullah khair. Allahumma khfilana dhunubana wa israfana fi amrina wa thabbit aqlamana wa nsulna ala qawm al-kafirin. Allah, we ask you to honor us as you honor the righteous people before us. Allah, we ask you to place light in our hearts and make us sources of light. Amin, amin, amin. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma sifun. Wassalamun ala al-mursaleen. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Wa aqam as-salah.